to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Cindy McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, the verdict is in, nope. sisters. Nope. The truth is out there, <laughs> nope. and we found it. And we didn't even need no. David Duchovny's help. No. The truth is that Grease 2 is better than Grease. No. The internet agrees. Everyone Never. that matters on the internet has weighed in on this, essentially, pretty much. Never. Basically. Not- accurate and on twitter it is now the truth i mean because i saw it tweeted so that makes it truth that grease 2 is superior sorry okay all right no i i'm in the middle of this argument i've made my position clear a i think grease 2 is is a a garbage fire of a movie yes b i love it I like garbage fire movies, but I would also posit the, the thought, I think Grease 1 is also kind of a garbage movie. Excuse me? <laughs> What's a rim-a-lim-a-lim-a-ding-a-ding-a-dong? That doesn't go with anything. Why is the car flying? It's a dumb movie. I would like to point out that Taylor said she loves that movie because it is a garbage fire of a movie. Mm-hmm. Sydney just thinks it's a good movie. I love Grease too. Sydney the other day was defending it scene by scene to me and said there's only like two scenes that she's like, well, I don't know. That one's kind of weird. I'm the first one to admit that the dream sequence <laughs> when, she thinks, when she thinks that the cool writer Michael is dead. She didn't know he's Michael yet. When she, when she, the dream sequence is a little much. I'm the, it's what whack. Yeah, I'm the first one. She knew it was Michael. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw somebody arguing very strongly that let's do it for our country is a garbage scene, and I it say is. like, nah, he's a sleaze bag. This fits his character. They're not defending him. What he's doing is sleazy and wrong. But he's a sleaze ball, so of course what he's doing is sleazy and wrong. Grease 1 is amazing. Grease 2 is a disgusting garbage fire of a movie that never deserves to be seen again. See, I think that's where you're wrong. They are very similar movies. No. Exactly the same. That is like saying Mean Girls 1 and Mean Girls 2 are both equally as good movies. That is is not fair to Mean Girls 1. But here's the thing Exactly. Grease 2 has Cool Rider, which is one of the greatest songs ever written. You're laughing (laughs) as you're saying it. You know it's so bad that you love it. Michelle Pfeiffer's charisma is off the charts. She is so cool and sexy when she is singing that song and climbing that ladder. You know that every everybody watches that scene and goes, I want to be, I want to be Stephanie right now. You're well, telling me not everyone watches Michelle Pfeiffer climb a ladder like, <laughs> for an hour. Like, that's fine. I get it. <laughs> You're not telling me that everyone watches. You're the one that I want. And Sandy comes out in that black leather outfit. And not everyone is like, I want to be Sandy. No, because the difference is that Sandy doesn't want to wear black leather. She forces herself to, to, I mean, it looks uncomfortable. It looks like it's a hot summer day and she is wearing black leather pants. That That is not like a recipe for Wait. comfort. Are we trying all. to get into the psyche of Sandy <laughs> from Grace One right now? Is that what we're doing? But like, here's did my she re- do this for herself or did she do this for her man? She did it for her man. But here's my rebuttal. And that's my problem. Stephanie she did it never for her man. For her man. Stephanie is Stephanie from the but beginning to the there end. There is a song in Greece too called Do It for Our Country. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, Gre- Greece is like like both movies. They're, they're they're garbage. It's like John Waters Light. Like it's fine. Enjoy it. They're not great. They're fun. Like <laughs> 
I just think Grease 2 is a powerful story of female empowerment and, and demanding that. She, and not only that, not only is she the cool one, she doesn't change for any man. She also, it's like a very sex positive message. Like there is no, there's no shaming in this movie. Like it's fine. These, the pink ladies run this school. They know what they want. They're not afraid to get it. And it's cool. You don't get any of that stuff you get in the first Grease where like Rizzo's treated like this outcast because she enjoys sex. You don't get that at all. I'm not trying to sit here and say that Grease (laughs) is like an up-to-date hip movie. You know, but it's better than Grease 2. I have not considered Sydney's point before in my argument that they're both equally bad. I think you might be right, Sydney. I think Grease 2 is a little What is happening? It is a slightly less stinky garbage fire. See? I told you. I, 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 I have no words. I'm disappointed in my sisters. I mean, and you know, like, beauty school dropout, that is a very, like negative song about the idea of just choosing a different sort of career path for you mm-hmm. i just set up your transition really well <laughs> you know <laughs> not Taylor. arguing about grease on <laughs> speaking of career paths <laughs> let's say that you don't want to go to beauty school or be a beauty school dropout what other careers are there go back to <laughs> high school <laughs> um I'm sorry, Riley, that you've lost this battle. I haven't lost. Way. I'm sorry. I'm going to make a poll on my Twitter. Okay. You and can do people it. people are going to agree that Grease 1 is better than Grease you're, 2. You're going to be very disappointed. Right. I'm going to do think it. You're gonna, you are going to lose that. I already saw the tweet. The tweeters. <laughs> they, they, they agree with Sid on this. And I'm not saying I but hate But I also Grease tweeted, one. no one will I'm ever convince saying. me that Grease 2 is a good movie, nor anywhere near as good as Grease 1. And I got multiple likes. Well... I don't know. We'll do the battle rages on. <laughs> um, what we need to do is make a grease three and just bury the hatchet. <laughs> just settle it once and for all with everyone from Grease two and Grease one. <laughs> right. And they fight. And they fight. <laughs> and the winners have the best movie. Grease right? three battle royale. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will pay to see that movie. No problem. So. Riley, do you know what you want to be when you grow up? I mean, I think so. I hope. Okay. Is the answer internet celebrity? I just want to know. No. (laughs) I mean, in my dreams, podcaster. (laughs) I will work for Mrs. Podcast for the rest of my life. Riley's like, what do you mean I did it? This is my career. I I figured it out. This is what I'm doing. Was there was there more? <laughs> I graduate high school and I move in down here and just live in the podcast room. <laughs> podcast room. You just hang out in that closet uh-huh. behind our giant maroon sound blocking panels, mm-hmm. and then when it's time to podcast, you come out. You come out and go, hey guys. We'll just throw some ramen downstairs periodically. That's all I need. I just like college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I live in a closet and eat ramen. That's yeah. actually, you know, that's not too far off. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. That's my plan for after high school. But seriously, have you... Because uh, I feel like more and more today, you have to decide pretty early. Or at least kind of have a vague idea. Yeah. What you want to do. Uh, I mean, I know what I want to do just because it kind of came... I want to say naturally to me. But I mean, it was just like... It was never something I'd thought about until my junior year. 
of high school and I realized it was something that I was pretty good at and that I enjoyed doing and that you could probably make a career out of it. So, I d- are, are you going to tell us? Do you want you, me to tell you? Do you want to keep mean, it a secret until the end? Keep you all guessing? It, I mean, you can keep it a secret if you want. No, I want to be a it's journalist. Your, oh, okay. <laughs> it's your personal info. No, it's in, it's in the article about me that the Herald Dispatch did. Well, obviously, and everyone's <laughs> read that already. So. Right. Everyone already knows. Um, now, is that only because of Rory Gilmore or are no. there other reasons? <laughs> no, because Rory Gilmore wanted to be a print journalist. And I'm going to be real. I that thought, is not a viable career option for me <laughs> in this age. I thought she wanted to be a TV journalist. Doesn't say she wants to be Christiane Amanpour. I think that was one of her inspirations, but she also like wants to restart the newspaper in her hometown. Uh, that is true. Which, like, come on, Rory. It's twenty seventeen. I know. I now and let me say this: like right now, I get I get the New York Times, um, mm-hmm. at least on Sundays. And I certainly do read a lot of news online. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to like I like daily, but I do appreciate newspapers. I think they're cool and I love them. And I this is not meant to like bash print journalism. Oh, no, I'm not trying but, to bash print journalism. Sure. But I think you're I think you're absolutely right in saying like, is that the is that probably Say the best direction to move in the future? Yeah. Five years from now when I'm graduating college. No, right now. No, I think Probably that there are going to be more other in that direction. Yeah, more jobs in other sources of media for sure. Yeah. And I mean there are online companies that you don't just write articles, you you know, produce videos or you make other forms of media and it's mm-hmm. all one big internet blob of information. <laughs> uh do you feel like because like I said, I I feel like when I was in high school People asked me what I wanted to be. I mean, certainly I was asked that question in school, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't, I I didn't have to make any decisions based on that, really. I mean, I, nobody ever told, I mean, there were recommendations like, well, you know, if you want to go into medicine, you should probably take some science classes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember somebody saying, you want to go into medicine and you've never taken Latin. And I was like, well, I was raised in a Catholic church, so I feel like. I That's know a little. pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and then I try, and, they, and then I got scared. So I started to take Latin my senior year, and I was the only senior in a class full of freshmen, and I decided to quit it. So yeah. I dropped it. But did you ever need that Latin? I don't think it harmed me at all that I didn't. I mean, I guess there probably would have been things early on that I learned in me- like medical terminology that I would have been like, ah, I understand why, I understand where that is derive from but i i don't think it harmed me yeah, yeah that, that's definitely not a trait that i i'm concerned about in my doctor like whoa 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 <laughs> tell me about your latin abilities <laughs> I, know, I know i got this gaping wound it needs to be stitched what does in vino verita mean <laughs> that latin? i love that I explain know. it to me in latin doc i don't speak latin but do it anyway <laughs> you're a doctor <laughs> And I think that was more of like a classical, like, well, of course a physician would speak Latin. And I mean, Latin's cool. I don't speak it. I think I'm still an okay doctor. Also, is Latin <laughs> a thing you speak? It's never seemed to me like one of those you languages could. like you speak it. It just seems like it's where words came from and you can sometimes translate old things. Mm-hmm. But it's not like Spanish or French or something that you can like speak. I mean, I, no, I mean, you can't. I mean, you can. I mean, the you know, the mass used to be in Latin. I, I'm yeah. sure that there's not a lot of applications for daily use 
in yeah, in <laughs> that's what world. I that's what I was like, thinking. Like, yes. like the likelihood yes. that a patient's gonna come in and oh no, this guy only speaks Latin. Like, that's not you know, like that, that, so you that, you studied Spanish, right? Like, that seems yes. to be the the right move. <laughs> I think I think Spanish has been more beneficial to me in my career. Yeah than latin would have been, but i didn't take it so full disclosure i can't compare because i didn't take it oh, but my man. suspicion is that even though latin does give you a great understanding of all the romance languages for sure and probably where a lot of medical terminology comes from i think you're fine and i think spanish was more helpful for me so i went all the way up to spanish three so hey hey so i have a minor in spanish how do you like that wow <laughs> But well, Taylor speaks Japanese, Japanese better than either of us speak Spanish. That's so, fair. So there's that. <laughs> mm. So you win, really, Taylor. Yeah. I'm studying yes. Japanese right now. Indeed. <laughs> Oishi desu. Sugoi. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what this means. I, I well, said delicious. Said delicious, which was weird. <laughs> and I said, great. It's one of the few things I remember from the year of Japanese I took. The word for delicious? The word for delicious. <laughs> That'll get you pretty far. Because <laughs> most things you encounter in Japanese are delicious. They also say it constantly on Terrace House. And that's part of why that's I'm like, fair. yep, I know what that means. They're saying that food is delicious. And I bet they are right. <laughs> Uh, but but we didn't have and Taylor I, I think this came maybe came along for you I remember as I was finishing they had created some classes that they made us take that were kind of like you're gonna have a job someday we don't know what we hope but we'll give you some general job info like there was a class called career communications that they made us yeah. take did you have to take that yeah well there was like I, I can't believe like we were only uh few years apart but i remember it being very much like we had clusters mm -hmm. and you had to pick what you were going to focus on it didn't really affect the classes that you i mean i guess it did like you picked certain classes based on that like anything that you had above your basic requirements um but it was it was very structured like you kind of had to decide your you know I, this was in middle school that you started these like mm -hmm. deciding what you were going to do for the rest of your life see that's, that's crazy that's wild to me yeah I, I can't imagine see we didn't have any of that well like i said we had a class called career communications where they taught us stuff like at your first job interview wear clean shoes and <laughs> clip your nails so that they're not too long and make sure they're not dirty and also i, I mean like really this was it and they showed us what a job application and what a resume would look like generally and they told us i remember to type them never write on them I remember being told to like get a word processor, typewriter. It's, <laughs> it's it's funny because type on them. <laughs> I always like that was one of those things that stuck with me through all of my job interviews. Like, make sure your nails are clean. And now that I like, I hire people now, and I've never once gone like, well, this person's highly qualified for this job, but what are their nails like? Let me see their hands. <laughs> Show me your hands. Well, and you know what's funny? I was talking to somebody in, in uh, during my field of work the other day, and they were telling me if you ever come across, uh, they were a mechanic, and they said if you ever come across a mechanic with clean fingernails, don't trust them. <laughs> they said they don't work on cars enough. They're not getting dirty enough. They don't know what they're doing. But that was their just... advice to me is check their nails. If they're dirty, you got somebody good. 
And if they're not, come to me because I can take care of you. <laughs> but I get that. Take care like, of their nails. Uh, but if they're working, you know, you get greasy all day. And what if, cars. like, they take a break every so often and, like, clean up under their nails? Now, like, Riley. That's what I would do. <laughs> that does not seem like a good use of time. <laughs> I mean, a- as a bartender, my nails are terrible because I'm, like, opening cans all night. My hands are in water constantly. Like, my nails are, are chipped and broken and disgusting. So that I, I agree with that because I think if I, if I had like a bartender come in an interview with like beautiful, like long polished nails, they'd be like, nah, you don't do this. <laughs> you I think, definitely well, don't. I think that's, I mean, because I know I don't like my hands obviously need to look very clean. I think as a doctor, what that's one thing where you would look and go like, I want my doctor who, before they put their hands all <laughs> I over mean, me, it please. Like, they, like had pudding on their hands. <laughs> <laughs> <Just, laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry about the pudding. <laughs> I qualified pudding hands though. <laughs> what, what, what situation could you possibly ever be in where you go from eating your pudding all the way in to a patient's room and still have pudding on your hands? You know, Not your face, your hands. They're out of spoons, so I used my hands. So I just dug in with my. I just I needed to nom down on some pudding real quick, so I'd have the energy to cure you <laughs> see this this just opens a bevy of questions about you as a person so yeah that's something you would know for sure <laughs> but like I, but i will say this because of my line of work i also i keep my nails pretty short all the time i mean mm-hmm. i make sure everything looks clean but they're pretty short and i never paint my nails i would i mean the only time that i've had a manicure was when i I went in to deliver. I got my nose, my nose, my t- nails nose done. My nails, my toes, <laughs> and fingernails done. But um, because I guess it's a thing. I don't know. It was a thing. They told me they were like, "Oh, before you go to have your baby, get your nails done." What? That seems very what? outdated. Because you want your your baby. That's I, the first impression. It's like a job interview. Your baby's gonna like come out of you and look at your nails and be like, "No, you're not my mom. You're not she, qualified." She was like, "What is that color? Is that raspberry? I love you." <laughs> Is that pudding? No, you're not my mom. <laughs> but seriously, like it, it's easier for me not to have to worry about like, oh, is my nail polish chipped or that kind of thing. So my nails are never done other than just short always. So I, I mean, I think I think there is a difference is my point now that we've gone on a complete tangent about nails. About nails and various career options. <laughs> um, other than your nails, though, I didn't I didn't in career communications. I don't feel like I learned very much. Like, I think. I, I probably would have figured out to wear like clean shoes and wash my hands before a job interview. I think I Get probably could have off your hands. Yeah, I probably could have swung that <laughs> ahead of time. Um, they did go into like I remember there was a lot of focus on here are jobs that pay pretty well and you don't have to go to school very long to get. And so I mm. didn't find it very like it was not very advantageous for me because I already kind of knew I was going into medicine. I was prepared mentally for going to school for a very long time. And so they just weren't speaking my language. Like I thought, well, I don't, I like school. I could be in school forever. It's fine. Don't worry about, don't worry about that. Exactly. I was a nerd. So I, that was the whole thing. And then I went to college and figured everything out on my own, but that nobody ever told me anything else. Yeah. That that is, that is funny. Cause I remember those sheets, like they had, different groupings of jobs and then they had the average amount of time you went to school for them and then they had the average salary and to me that's like 
all of the wrong information you should give somebody to figure out what they want to do. Because mm -hmm. I remember, like, myself and kids in my class, we would just look at this and go, like, oh, well, this gets me, like, you know, 80 grand a year for two extra years of school. That makes the most sense to me. Like, that's the totally <laughs> wrong way to pick a career yeah. path. Show Everybody wanted to... Yeah, like what was yeah. it like an X-ray tech? Like everybody wanted to do that because that made a lot of money really quickly. <laughs> yeah, show teenagers how long they're gonna have to be in school again while they're still in high school, and then how much money they're gonna make. It's like, no, why? This is you're just steering me in the direction of the least amount of time possible in school, but the most amount of money I can make. Which also, is, you know, it assumes that teenagers value money above all else. Which I do think when you are a teenager, it's harder to see like. Well, I think that it was a lot easier for me to think, well, I could probably do anything that I needed to, even if I really didn't enjoy it, if it paid the bills, because then like you can go suffer through your work day and then you get home and you have enough money to enjoy your life or whatever. And you got off days and all that. Now, as I've gotten older, I very much do not feel that way. And I Agreed. think that right. the more you can make your career something you enjoy, the more if you have that ability, the better your life is. But um do you think I would bet that's not true anymore I, I think that mindset has changed I think it kind of goes hand in hand we were talking about how the idea of self-care has changed for teenagers and people you know a little bit older than me um of my generation I guess I think people value a lot more what's going to make them happiest and what they enjoy doing most than what's going to make them the most money mm -hmm. I don't know if that's just what I've witnessed or if that's universal but to me it seems like it's a whole generation of people that like if they have, I mean, look at all the internet stars we have that are like 19, 20 years old that are making a bunch of money, but it's just because like they wanted to do something that maybe they weren't going to make a bunch of money and maybe they were, but it was what they had an interest in doing. So it's what they devoted all their time to. Exactly. They just wanted to escape the night. That was all they wanted. Exactly. <laughs> and now they get to. Now they get to escape the night. Well, not most of them. That's true. Most Don't, of them no do spoilers. not escape the night. Don't ruin escape no the spoilers. night spoilers. But the premise is that most of them die. Yeah, that's true. No, and that that was my thought is that I, I remember if there was any focus on that, like structurally from school for me, it was here are things that can make you money. Here's how you go to as little school as possible to do it. Um, I don't ever remember. I'm sure that I could have sought out people. Like, let's say I would have been interested in more like vocational training. Mm -hmm. I nobody talked to us about that so for people who were interested in going that route i don't remember there being like a strong support system for that i remember that it was like you could get a job or you could go to college and it was very vague yeah. and i i kind of knew i wanted to go to college so like that decision was easy yeah but as far as anything beyond that or like what those decisions mean or what do you do like if you're going to go to college why and what will you do with that degree and right. what is the purpose of that and is it it's going to cost money. How are you going to get it? And is it worth the money depending on where you want to be? No one was having those conversations with me. Yeah. yeah. I will well, say there there are two different options you pick at the beginning of high school. There, there are clusters kind of like Taylor talked about, but they don't influence literally anything at all. Like my cluster has had nothing to do with anything I do. But you can either pick professional or uh, I don't know what the other pathway is called, but professional is like the one that I say most people pick where you're planning on going to college and you have to have like so many foreign languages and so many science and math to, or credits and stuff. Mm -hmm. Or you can pick the other one. I'm trying to think of what it's called, but you can go to the vocational school 
here mm-hmm. for half a day instead of going to school full time. You don't have to have other credits that people who are planning on going to college do, and you spend all of your time focusing on becoming good at an actual uh, at a trade craft. instead of trade. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm. Which I think is really helpful for people who maybe don't think college is for them because then they right. can exit high school having experience in what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's definitely a different focus because, I mean, I as somebody that always wanted to go into the arts, there was always a weird push for me where it's like, oh, you want to do art? Okay, graphic design. I'm like, no, no, art. Like, illustration, comic books. Like, no, no, no graphic design. That's a real <laughs> job. Like, that's yeah. a thing that you can go to college for. I'm like, but that's not what I want to do. Like, ah, shh, that's a career, though. Like, <laughs> it was very focused on, like, right, that's, like, a nonsense job. We're going to find a real-world application for that, and that's what we're going to tell <laughs> you to do. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll translate it for you into the thing that makes money. Right. Exactly. Um, I want to I wanna talk about more, like, how you kind of take that information and actually figure out what to do with it. But before we do that, uh, hey, Riley, let's check the group message. Let's do that. Going we have a sponsor. Message. Oh, Taylor's Ooh, written music. us a song. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> a group message transition song. song. You're welcome. That's exciting. Uh, we have a sponsor to tell you about this week on Still Buffering, and that is Texture. Now, Riley, we used to have lots of magazines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are fewer and fewer these days because you kids spend all your times on the, your phones. I mean, the magazines exist. They're out there. Right. But you're always on your phones. But guess and your what? your computers and your tablets. Guess what? What? With texture, you can get those magazines on your phones and your tablets and your computers. How convenient. How are you going to do that? Uh, well, texture, uh, the app, has made it easy to find and enjoy the articles in magazines you want to read with daily recommendations, exclusive interactive features, videos, and more. They make magazines easy, and there are so many great titles that they have on their app. We have, like, a list of, like, a hundred. Um, but my favorites are Teen Vogue, Seventeen, all the ones with teen in the title. <laughs> I checked them out. I get to read magazines now on my phone like cool teens do. Which is really cool because those are the same kind of magazines that I was getting paper subscriptions to when I was younger. And now you get instant access to all of those same cool magazines on your phone. Yeah. And you don't kill any trees. So that's amazing. There's that. Yeah. Uh, it's searchable. You can mark what you like. You can check out back, back issues. There's bonus video content. And they even curate articles and magazines just for you all. Uh, normally for the low, low price of $9.99 a month. And you get over 200 magazines. Which is crazy. Yes. Like that's crazy good. An awesome price. Um, but right now there's a special offer. We do have a special offer. What's the special offer? Right now, Texture is offering listeners of Still Buffering a 14-day free trial when you go to texture.com slash stillbuffering. That's two weeks, 14 days of Texture. That's 200 magazines for free when you go to texture.com slash stillbuffering. That's texture.com slash stillbuffering. Nice. Now this week, we also have a Jumbotron for somebody. Who is this message for, Taylor? This message is for Lorraine, and it's from Mom. Oh, this is sweet. It says, this world can be pretty chaotic for us, but you handle it like the superstar you are. Happy birthday to the strongest, bravest, fiercest, cleverest, and most amazing daughter ever. And congratulations on making it into double digits. All my love. 
Oh, that's so Aww. sweet. Way to go, Lorraine. Happy birthday, Lorraine. Your mom thinks you're awesome, and so do I. Yeah, Taylor Aww. went to a RuPaul voice there. I just kept building. I'm like, oh, these adjectives are excellent. Those were some really good adjectives, Mom. Great job, Mom. Good yeah. job, Mom, and good job, Lorraine. Yeah, All right. Well, birthday, happy Lorraine. birthday, Lorraine. I hope it is a wonderful birthday. I hope you enjoy it and you get cake that you like. <laughs> I was going to say cake I like. Like, I was going to say chocolate cake, but the I like chocolate. You may not like that, Lorraine. And, and I she hope... may not like cake. And maybe you like pie, yeah. and that's fine. Well, I hope you get whatever birthday treat you desire. How about that? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I think I think one of the hardest things to do when you're younger is, I mean, like, I had these kinds of aspirations I knew I wanted to go into medicine which and I mean this is always kind of an easy it was kind of easy for me Mm -hmm. because as I figured out what I wanted to do with being a doctor as I kind of piece that together um it was very easy for me to like take my time because the pathway is so long Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's all the same if you want if you want to do that you got to go to a medical school you got to do some kind of residency like I had lots of time in all that. And of course I had to go to undergrad first. I had, I had many years figured out and I, I could incorporate things like before I wanted to be a doctor, I wanted to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. So I went into academic medicine and then I got to do both and it was great. So I, I think I was pretty lucky in that I had tons of time to take my childhood dreams <laughs> and turn them into an actual career path. <laughs> But it's not always that easy. Yeah. Well, and that that's one thing. I don't know. I, I, I hope it's changed, but maybe it's, I don't know if it's it's equal parts good and bad. Because, Sid, I think when, you, you know, you say, like, as a teenager, like, I want to be a doctor. There are very few people that are going to try to dissuade you from that. Like, no, no, no. That's, a, that's not a good choice. Like, yeah. I, I know going into the arts, like, it was a constant, like, that's not a good idea. But are you sure that's not a good idea? Like, there was a lot of that. And it Mm -hmm. made me really question, like, is this really what I want to do? Like, am I throwing away my abilities? Because people always want to refocus you. But you're smart. It's like, cool, great. That's also why I'm an artist. Like, but you can, like, do math. Great. Awesome. I want to be an artist. Like, (laughs) you know, that that pushback kind of, it makes you think more about if you Mm -hmm. really want to do it. But it's also a bummer because I think there are lots of, I mean, friends that I had that, went different ways because because of that because that was like a weird thing that's like i mean it's not weird it's practical but mm-hmm. it riley d is there still that kind of like there are real jobs and then there are fun jobs and they're not the same thing yeah i i think that idea definitely exists i don't think it's as much in the minds of like students or like other like friends of mine questioning decisions or things like that I think it's more so in the minds of like people of our parents generation and like our teachers and stuff like that um but I don't necessarily think that there are still kids in school in my generation and my age that think that jobs aren't considered you know just as valid options just because they may not be as clear cut mm-hmm. like the path you have to take to get to them I mean there are certainly people who want to work like on the internet and want to have jobs there and I think that's like an idea that you tell I mean I do and I think that's an idea that you tell people that of older generations than you all obviously and they're like well that's insane that can't work like that's because I mean they grow growing up that would have never even been a thought in their head because Mm. like it wasn't a thing right so now there are all these new career options and I think it's just 
such a big shift in what your options are going out of high school that people of older generations really have no idea what they are it's probably hard to find uh as defined paths for some of those things like you think about it the kind of journalism you're talking about is online journalism Mm -hmm. and a lot of like traditional journalism programs would have had like print journalism print journalism and broadcast broadcast journalism, journalism and yeah and then where do you fit in now I, right. I think more and more i'm not saying that doesn't exist yeah now, more and more journalism schools are I was gonna say i was surprised that. at uh marshall i had to apply before mm-hmm. i can apply for the scholarship i won at marshall and you had to pick your projected major and they had uh online journalism as an there option for a major so there which, you go which is great because you know you think about it like justin is that's he went into that's online journalism yeah. that's what he does uh but when he went through that was certainly not an option for him to pick he couldn't have chosen that because it was not yet kind of understood that that's where everything was headed Mm -hmm. um and so he kind of had to just figure it out for himself so it's it's really cool that that's happening yeah definitely um but you're talking about academies and clusters and stuff like that and i think the idea that uh deciding what you want to do when you're a freshman in high school or I guess in middle school Tay which is crazy you're talking about doing that in middle school oh, absolutely. like when I was 11 years old deciding what I want to do for the rest of my life is ridiculous because I know like <laughs> there was one point where I was like yeah I want to be a doctor and then I was like no I want to be on Broadway and I was like no I want to be an actress and I was like no I want to be a singer and I was like no I want to be Leah Michelle and I was like no I want to be a doctor And it wasn't until a year ago I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do, and this is the career I want, and this is, like, an idea of where a company like this is what I want to work for, and this is the degree I want to get, and this is what I want to study. And I don't think you can even make that decision probably for most people until you're in your last year of high school and you're having to make decisions like where you want to apply to college and what programs you want to look at and where you possibly need to move to to make that happen if then i mean if for, then for i mean people, a lot of people yeah. go into college undecided and don't decide until they're there i mean Which, i'm i'm 31 years old i'm still not exactly sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> well I, I mean i think that's very true and i think there definitely seems to be i mean i'm not in school now but i think there seems to be more acceptance of that yeah uh that idea that you don't necessarily have to know what you're going to be when you grow up because what it also allows for is uh innovation mm-hmm. and creativity which if you didn't have some of that in the early days of the internet you wouldn't have envisioned these careers that we have now like I, like i kind of mentioned online journalism stuff yeah. that are possible in the early days if you weren't able to like say ah, i'm not ready to commit to any of these choices i think there's an other that is for me and i haven't quite figured it out yet but I, i'm right. gonna pursue that and I think allowing for more freedom to do that is a good thing Yeah. overall. Um, the one thing that I am kind of scared of that doesn't affect me because I'm going into my senior year of high school, so they're implementing it this year at my school, but there are academies that you have to pick your freshman year, which kind of are like clusters, uh, except it does impact what classes you take. And to me, if I were a freshman this year and I was going in and I had to pick a cluster, thinking back to my freshman year, what I would have picked is nowhere near what I ended up wanting to do. And you think about graduating and going into college, what if you change your mind? But it's like all my four years of high school, I took classes that were focused on Mm -hmm. art or I took classes that were focused on health and medicine. And now I want to be a writer. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't taken any writing classes or creative writing classes or English. And 
I don't know, that's crazy to me that they're still having things like that put in place. And the idea is that it'll make kids want to come to school more because you're taking classes that are specifically made for what you're interested in. Mm. But at the same time, I think it just puts a lot of unnecessary pressure on kids that are way too young to have to figure out what they want to do. Sure. How do you how do you get into your specific academy? Is it something you choose? Is there a test? Is there a sorting hat? Like how? <laughs> Uh, well, you ride the train, okay. and then when you show up on the first night at the, at the in the dining hall, yes, right. they put a hat on you. You tells you the thestrals, right? Um, <laughs> no, you, I guess you pick it at the beginning of your freshman year, but I don't know how that applies to people who are sophomores and juniors now. I just know they told us like you have a year left of high school. We're not going to make you take a bunch of classes to graduate your last year. I was like, I appreciate that because I've gotten everything I need out of the way except for two classes. So I'm not going to like all of a sudden decide that I need like 10 more English classes. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're very broad concepts and there's only like four of them. There's one for health and medicine where you take like a bunch of sports medicine and health classes. Um, There's one for arts where you take music and art classes. There's one for like vocational options where you go to the vocational school and you don't need as many requirements to graduate. There's one for like, uh, I don't even know. I think that's probably it. There's like a liberal arts one that kind of covers everything where you get a few foreign language credits, a few art credits, a few gym credits. Like, Yeah, I, I mean, at some point we have to let everybody try things <coughs> is it would be my only argument. And I mean, yeah. I feel like I had the freedom to try things in high school and to try things in college. And I get that the result of that, I definitely graduated with people who kind of finished college and went, well, I've got this degree. It's in whatever, mm-hmm. you know, whatever I'd kind of just settled on. I don't really want to do anything with that. What do I do now? Like, you know, who kind of felt lost. And so probably some career counseling would have been mm-hmm. helpful for a lot of a lot of my friends and peers and, and such. But at the same time, I, I think that I it was very valuable for me to be able to like I mentioned, I took a year of Japanese in high school. I don't I don't necessarily apply that in my daily life. <laughs> but I think it was fun and interesting and cool and I got to take a class with Taylor yeah. and that was fun. And I, I mean I I don't know. I learned things about a culture that I don't know much about and about a language I wasn't familiar with. And I think that that was valuable to me in other ways. And if you don't allow people any room to explore, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I think you're going to get a lot of kind of stifled people. Yeah. Well, that and I mean, um, if I was picking one now, I would probably pick the one that... Uh, I don't necessarily know what it's supposed to be preparing you for, but you just have to take a bunch of AP classes. Like, you just have to take all honors and all AP classes in this cluster to graduate, uh, or in this academy. Um, and I don't necessarily know what that's supposed to be preparing you for, other than, like, I don't know, here's, you're probably smart, just do all this so you don't have to take a bunch of, like, health classes. I don't, I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know that I like the sound of that. Yeah. I mean, that's the only one that, looking back at all the credits I've uh, gained these past three years, that's the only one that I meet the requirements for, <laughs> just mm. because I've taken a bunch of widespread stuff. That sound that sounds to me like we're gonna we're if if you are getting grades where we think you can succeed in an AP class, we're gonna allow you more flexibility right. and a broader range of interests and a broader range of topics. But I we're think, not going to yeah. let people who 
aren't going to be able to perform in those AP classes, you know, we're not going to let them into that. I, I think the assumption there is that, like that if the goal of the academies is to get kids more interested in school and to come to school more, that the kids who are in AP classes and honors classes don't need that, that they are interested in school and that they do come to school and that it's the kids who aren't in those classes and may not necessarily be in that, but maybe, like... Maybe academic range get into those classes right if somebody like took the time to like work with them and show exactly. interest that maybe they haven't had the you know maybe their middle school didn't do or their elementary school or whatever that's not fair i know yeah, that's true i i would argue that academic success in middle school and high school has about as much to do in the environment you're learning in as it does your actual intelligence oh for sure yeah yeah yeah, no, I th- I think that's very true. Like we were we were quote unquote smart kids, but we also had parents that were really involved and helpful and did our projects for us sometimes. Yes, <laughs> I mean I mean that's true, and I you know one of the biggest you know more and more one of the biggest predictors of like success in those arenas can be something as simple as like having books in your house and reading to your kids on a regular basis. And I know we had the advantage of like mainly i think our grandparents who were always i mean who had tons of books and we always had access to a huge library and reading was a big part of is a big part of your childhood and was a big part of taylor and i's childhood and i i think that 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 kind of thing made it a little easier for us like certainly in reading comprehension and stuff like that vocabulary and things in school and um i think that i think there are a lot of other factors and if you give everybody the same opportunities even if they met, didn't necessarily have that background, they may still be able to achieve good grades in AP classes and succeed and go on to do whatever the heck they want to do. Yeah. Hmm. That's that's a little scary to me because that's a little limiting. It is. It is very limiting. And I'm glad that I didn't have to pick one of those going through high school because I think it would have made me closed off to the idea that I could do anything else if I would have picked one certain academy or cluster my freshman year. And then all of a sudden last year I had like a change of heart and I was like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't have any interest in this. But then it was like, well, no, I can't switch. This is what I've been spending three years doing. Mm-hmm. I can't all of a sudden change my mind. So this is just what I'm stuck with. So that I either would have felt like I was going into college unprepared or I would have made a decision about what program I wanted to go into in college that wouldn't have been what I actually wanted to do. And I guess it depends on what your goals for people are i mean if what we want is to just neatly put everybody into little career boxes as early as possible so that we can like have x number of you know doctors and this many artists and this many that sounds like some weird dystopian future novel it does it does like if you're just trying to like get everybody into their little boxes so then you can like check it all off and go oh it looks like we're running low on farmers let's shuffle a few more into that category you know what i mean like if that's the way you look at humanity i guess that makes sense but if what you're hoping is that we'll have a lot of people graduating from school from high school that are happy and like well-rounded and have the tools to go seek out what they want from life and be happy well-rounded successful adults whatever that means for them then that then that system falls apart I mean, if you think about it, we kind of are put into those boxes really early if you think about things like reading groups or advanced Mm -hmm. learning programs, because I know in elementary school, there were, I mean, first grade, second grade, when we would read a book, it was like, these are the kids that 
read this book and this is the more advanced book and you go out into the hallway and you have discussions with yourself because you don't need to teach yourself and these are the kids that read this book that may not be as advanced and we have class discussions about it because they need help from a teacher and it's like I was in the talented and gifted program and I left school once a week and did things that I thought really helped me learn a lot about reading and writing because that was mostly what we did there um that were skills that I was able to apply in the classroom that I think all kids should have been able to have access to whether they were in that program or not mm-hmm. and I think we still do that even if it's not telling us to pick a career it's kind of telling us you know your test scores weren't as good as this other six-year-olds <laughs> in your first grade class so you don't get the same advantages as they will for the rest of their elementary school that will then affect how they perform that in middle school and high school. Level, yeah. Well, that a lot of that is just social grooming. Like, I mean, I think that that's, you know, you're told you're smart from a young age. You believe that, you embrace that, and then you, you know, pursue that. But that's that's really dangerous to start telling people what they are at a young age based on mm-hmm. things that are kind of out of their control. I, I don't know. Yeah. That, that makes me super uncomfortable. And I mean, the other thing is, it's it's like what you do to financially support yourself and who you are can be worlds apart they can be right on top of each other and that's great Mm -hmm. but it that's not the only way to be successful as a human i say this as somebody that generally has three jobs the one that pays me the most is generally the one that responds to my soul the least the one that pays me the least is the one that responds to my soul the the most and that's okay (laughs) yeah yeah no and i think i think you're right i think that the key is us being honest about that early on mm-hmm. and and saying that you know like sometimes some people choose the route of like you know what this pays like i said this pays the bills this you know allows me to explore all the other things i want to do with my life whatever that is you know my family travel whatever writing my novel whatever it is that you want to do this allows me to do that and so i'm fine with it and that's great and other people you know, it, it's got to all be one. My career and what I love and my passion, it all has to be tied together for me to feel happy. And I think if at the end of the day, if like, again, if you're a happy, fulfilled individual, who cares what that path was? But you got to allow some time. And I don't, and I just wanted to say, I don't think that there's anything wrong with within a classroom structure, teaching, meeting people at the level where they are. Right. I think you have to do that. Absolutely. Otherwise, if you just assume like, I'm going to teach everybody the most advanced book, some people are going to get left behind i do think because they need some extra help to get there and so i think obviously you have to make allowances for that and get everybody you know meet them where they are but it does create the exactly what you're talking about that kind of like you're the smart kid maybe we don't think you're as smart and we're going to let those labels follow you through school forever and that can be very damaging even though you use the word advanced like that word alone makes a gulf between people like it's not i'm sure that whoever is the not advanced reader has different skills but i get Mm -hmm. it's a school setting we can't that's harder to quantify and teach but the language is damaging overall yeah and i think that there were probably skills that i was able to be uh shown and taught that were more i don't know maybe things that they only taught to the kids they considered the smart kids because they were like well you know they're more advanced so they don't need to learn how to read still they need to learn how to understand what they're reading and I think skills like that are things that I was taught through other programs that I was able to be a part of because I was considered one of the quote-unquote smart kids 
and I think that not everyone has those same opportunities and then you don't have the same opportunities in elementary school then you leave that going into middle school and high school on a completely different plane of understanding for things that you're all Mm -hmm. expected to be able to decide I mean if we're expected to decide middle school what we want to do and I just came out of fifth grade having all of these great experiences and all these things I've learned but then there are other kids that came out of fifth grade learning like the bare minimum because teachers thought that that's what they were capable of learning Mm -hmm. then you just have people who maybe have an idea of what they want to do and then people who like are in no way prepared for any sort of career option sure but Hmm. you know it's tough because there are people who you know would be left behind if you went on with the more advanced stuff there are people who would be bored in class and wouldn't learn anything if you went with the less advanced stuff and you talk about sweating people up and it starts talking very dystopian and starts talking very <laughs> like, you know, districts and yeah. houses and no, all that kind exactly of thing. It. Well, it, there's there's no way to, you know, tailor education to an individual to help them be their best version of their individual self. Like I, there's probably better ways than what we have, but that's never going to be yeah. what we can yeah. put in application. So, I, you know, I don't want to harp right. on the education system <laughs> like, no, for sure. no 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 but there yeah, i think definitely that I, the the more conversations that as adults we can have what whatever line of work we're in with teenagers about like staying open and flexible and not feeling hemmed in and like yes you ha- yes i do think it's important to try to move in a direction where you make it ch- i mean like someday you do have to like make a decision pay rent exactly <laughs> you know someday you're probably going to want to buy food and maybe toys or a car or whatever it is that you like and if you want to have money to do those things you probably do need to get a job of some sort yeah. Yeah. so i think that it's good to talk about the real world and why you need to start thinking about it but not limit yourself yeah you know yeah, there's, there's a, not a yeah. list of jobs there's a big difference between <laughs> giving someone the skills to be fiscally responsible versus saying this defines you for the rest of your life (laughs) yeah and i think this new mindset it's kind of where you may go into a career that just makes you happy it doesn't matter if it makes so much money or maybe you only want to find a career that is something you're passionate about kind of goes hand in hand with that new uh, i don't want to say millennial mindset but it's what people are calling a millennial mindset that's like focus on current happiness and not talking about the future because i mean again you look at people who are making money off the internet all i think about is like well what if like what are you going to do in 15 years you know when you're not Mm -hmm. 20 and you're not able to still do this and this platform doesn't exist anymore but obviously the people who are in those positions aren't thinking that because that's what they're doing and they're happy while they're doing it and they're making money and i think the whole mindset of my generation and maybe people older than me is worry about what makes you happy now and you'll worry about the future when it happens i think that's maybe why we're moving away from careers that don't breed happiness and breed money and into careers that maybe do both so basically you're sticking with podcasting (laughs) yeah like i said i'm gonna move into the closet in the podcast room you don't, you don't have to be something because you already are someone, Riley. Oh, wow. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> Taylor's advice for the week. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, on that note, I hope everybody enjoyed this podcast and keeps listening to podcasts since that is Riley's career path <laughs> forever. Only yes. career path. Please, 
please never stop listening to our podcast. Whatever future form of technology this, when you you know get the implant, so these can be mm-hmm. broadcasted directly into your skull. Riley will be there for you as a sweet, sweet voice. Yes, even when I'm 80 years old, <laughs> I'll still be giving you the teen updates. Don't abandon our baby sister ever uh, in her career of podcasting. <laughs> Or else I'll just be stuck in this in this basement closet forever. <laughs> and like we do want her to move out at some point. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, thank you, sisters. As always, this was fun and enlightening. Thank you, listeners, for uh, listening to our show. If you enjoy our show, you should check out maximumfun.org for all of our other family, cousin, uncle nephew podcast <laughs> what just happened i'm just naming various familial relations <laughs> all of the other podcasts they're excellent uh go there uh also if you have any uh questions for us or topic suggestions specifically if you have questions for our resident teen expert That's being me. you know a teen herself yes uh please email us at stillbuffering at maximumfun.org please send us those questions or, or comments or whatever uh, you can also tweet at us at still buff. Not buffering, just no. Couldn't get that one. <laughs> Still can't get it. Who has at that actually? <laughs> I don't know. Some somebody who doesn't person. tweet. I don't think. <laughs> if I I don't know if anybody has power with Twitter, can we have that? Can we have some? <laughs> I can have. Uh, and thank you to the novellas for our theme song, "Baby, You Change Your Mind." This has been Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a teenager. I I was was (laughs) garbage Are you sad and confused about world politics? Worried about the upcoming inevitable nuclear war? Or maybe a rat is living in your house? There's a rat living in my house. How do you get rid of a rat from a house? Why not immerse yourself in a completely fictional, imagined podcast for the beef and dairy industries? It works for me. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is the number one podcast for those involved, or just interested, in the production of beef animals and dairy herds. Don't worry, it's funnier than it sounds. Find us at beefanddairynetwork.com or maximumfund.org or wherever you get your podcast from. Oh, God, there's the rat. Oh, God. Maximumfund.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.